little bit of the Brewer schedule, uh, but more on the Bucks, uh, Ebo, and the you know this crazy off season of the NBA. Probably the most wild off season you'd have to say, right, in the history of the NBA with the, the movers and shakers and. And really the the dynamic of the NBA changed because it was always, you know, when LeBron joined up with with Bosch and Wade, it was you had to have a big three to win. And for the last 15 years, that's kind of been the NBA, right? If you don't have a big three, and even Golden State took it to another extreme with with a big four uh, with Durant, you have to win. And then this crazy offseason where now it's 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 duos. Um, and a lot of people think the Bucks, who didn't really make a massive move, I mean, they certainly they made some some you know ancillary piece moves. But a lot of people think the Bucks, simply by you know some of the players that left the Eastern Conference, became the best team. Well, now that the schedule's out and you can start honing in on, you know, really only it's, here's something that'll make you feel old and make you wonder where time went. Two months from next week, the Bucks play their first NBA basketball game. What? Right? That just sounds insane. Didn't it feel like last week we were seeing, figuring out what to do with Chucko on the other end here? And should he be a number one seed in the ultimate D bag bracket because the NBA finals were coming to an end? That literally feels like that was last week. <laughs> I know. It doesn't feel that long and ago. We are, I mean, they will open training camp in like three weeks. They'll be playing preseason games like in a month. God. And there'll be NBA basketball in like less than two months. That is just, that is just wild. crazy to think about. Where does time go? Yeah, and then when they start playing some NBA, baseball will still be on, right? Yep. <laughs> the butt will still be just balls deep in uh, okay, so in uh, football. Just did. I just said it. <laughs> NFL. <laughs> uh, all right. I know you had some tweets on the, the CFS thing again. You have, Dwayne, and... You know, I don't know if the the U, if the UWs got called by Steve Zlers, like what he said yesterday was, did they really tell him no? And then Cephas's lawyer said, oh, fine, you're going to say no? Watch what we're going to do. We're going to hold a press conference. And then the UW backpedaled and said, whoa, 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 wait, timeout. We didn't mean no as in, like, no, he's not back in school. We meant, like, no, like we haven't made a decision yet. So I don't know if they had a decision made yesterday and the – the blowback made them to revisit it or uh, if they truly are still in a holding pattern. But I know a lot of people have waited again. You want to weigh in uh, 608-321-1670. You can tweet us at Zomad. You know, this is, um, if you look back at this and look at it as a kind of like a chess match, the lawyer made a really good move by putting the UW's feet on the fire Yeah, and said, we need an answer. We need it now. Cause apparently, you know, what that tell you? That Cephas wants to get back in immediately and get after it. Right. And I don't blame him one bit. So the lawyer going out there and having that press conference, having the players there, the public opinion was already on Cephas' side, but after that press conference, the UW looks even worse, and they're pressed even harder for an answer. And the longer they wait, the worse they're looking. And then once I got a gut feeling that they're going to say no. Don't, well, you, and, don't and, you get that gut feeling? Yeah. And, and then it's going to be on. It's going to be on. And I, I look, Paul Chris doesn't need to come out and publicly take, even though he kind of has, he doesn't need to come publicly come out and criticize the university. Or he doesn't need to come out and say, we want to focus on football. By Chris, in my opinion, saying what he said last week to the media, saying that we'd welcome Cephas back, and then having seven players. And by the way, it wasn't like the third-string wide receiver or it wasn't a redshirt fourth-string cornerback or it wasn't a walk-on tight end. It was Jack Cohn. It was Zach Bond. It was Jonathan Taylor. It was the, the class of the team that was standing behind him at that press conference. So the football team has already made, you know, they don't have to come out and publicly say anything at this point. 
they basically have said to the UW, make a decision. You know where we stand on yep. this and where this is heading. It's, you know, the lines are being drawn where it's going to be, Ebo, you know, the the academic side or the, you know, the the bureaucratic side, the, you know, the, the powers that be at the UW against the athletic department. Because when you have a press conference like you did yesterday and you have seven of the most important players on the team standing there, obviously they asked Paul Chris permission or told them they were doing this. The fact that they're at that press conference tells me that the football team is basically saying to the chancellor's office, you know where we stand. Yep. You best make the right decision. So time to do the right thing. It's uh, it's it really is. It's a surreal story, and it continues to get more bizarre by the day. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seven. This is our buddy Bucky McStuff yeah. in, in the fold. What's up, Bradley? Morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Hi. Man, long time no talk. What's up, brother? Hey, so basically, right now, what they uh, what the UW's got is essentially a political landmine because they can't make a decision one way or the other without making a large quantity of people really upset because you look at just the political climate that we're sitting at today and you look at like the me too movement you look at a lot of stuff going on and if you get you know you say okay this guy is not guilty we're just going to bring him back into school even though these people you know these the people that accused him you know are still there or whatever like they're essentially going to be spitting in the face of that whole movement saying that well you know he's a football player he can come back because he was exonerated but at the same time, he got expelled and all this stuff before he was actually, you know, before he was convicted, not convicted, um, and they set this precedent. So now they're they're in a rock and a hard place because everybody's like, hey, what happened to innocent until proven guilty? But then the other people are like, well, these girls didn't just come forward for no reason and da-da-da-da. Like, I would not want to be in the UW's position right now because I really don't think they can win. And honestly, I think right now they're trying to slow play the situation because they know football season's coming up. They know that yeah. basically some of the heat's going to be off of them once the season starts and Cephas wouldn't be eligible to play. They'll lose some of the heat, and eventually Cephas is going to start looking for eligibility elsewhere and move on. I'm sure he'll file suit one way or the other, which I wouldn't necessarily blame him for doing so. But, uh, I mean, this is this is an absolute landmine. Like, there is really not a good, uh, good outcome that's going to come out of this because they say, yes, they're going to have a lot of people uproaring saying, hey, he's a privileged athlete, like, you know, athletes can get away with anything. You look at stuff that happened, like, down in Baylor and that kind of stuff. You know, just another incident of athletes getting away with all of it. But, again, if they say, no, you can't come back, then you look at the fact that the UWs, you know, essentially expelled, a, you know, an innocent black kid for, um, you know, circumstantial stuff. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what about that? So, I mean, it's, this is it's, this is ugly. It's, it's a bad look for UW all the way around, but... You know, it's, it's going to be a lot of distraction. Hopefully it blows over before the football season starts so that the guys can play, and this isn't something that distracts all the way through the entire season. Yeah, hey, uh, great points, nice buddy. Nice to hear uh, from you, Bucky. Good to hear from you, man. Uh, thank you, Bradley. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely right. And sadly, Ebo, you know, if you uh, pick up a newspaper or go to a political website or turn on uh, whatever your political leaning is or if you just want to be entertained, because I think both sides are freaking nuts, uh, we are so divided as a country right now that he's right, that either way, whatever decision is made, 
there is going to be a group of, of people that are upset. So I totally understand yeah. that. The, the the difference is, and when you say things like Baylor, and this happened at you know Florida when Urban Myers, there were athletes were accused of sexual assault. The difference is either some of those players were later convicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were coaches that cover. You know, Art Bryles lost his job when stuff was revealed that he was covering up the assault. This was about as open, transparent, in front of it. You know, you could say that totally. UW did the right thing because it's sad that, you know, sometimes innocent until proven guilty doesn't play out, but that they weren't going to have a Baylor or a Florida-type situation, though, so they expelled Cephas. The difference between this and those is he was found not guilty, right? No, Nobody at Baylor was wrongfully accused. You they know, were you, found guilty. Right. They were found guilty. People lost jobs. People went to prison. You know, the, 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 the comparable would be, you got to go way back in your memory banks, would be the Duke lacrosse. Oh, yeah, wow. Uh, which, to ago. me, was one of the most, you know, if you remember that, yep. where these athletes were just demolished by the national media that these, you know, these privileged, you know, white athletes at a, at a upscale university were getting away with rape. Turns out the, 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 the female accu- accuser made everything up. And, and these guys, they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated yeah, and Time that. Magazine, and it was the greatest sports scandal of all time, and the whole thing was made up. So the difference here is Cephas, by a jury of his peers, was found not In guilty. In less than 45 minutes. Right. And, and like I feel like sometimes that lead gets buried. That, to me, was what I'm starting with that, yeah. 45 minutes. All right, uh, we'll get a lot more into this again. Our sports director, Zach Halpern, has been at uh, the, the bottom of this uh, since day one. He's going to join us in one hour. Do you believe we will get an answer uh, by Labor Day, September 1st, uh, and no. then uh, the start of the school year? Uh, that is, uh, what, a little under three weeks, of, well, three weeks from yesterday is basically the time that UW has to make a decision. I would side with you, Ebo, if – and again – I think what, what Bucky McStuffins, you know, loyal listener and caller, called in what six fifty, and he said, "I think what they're doing is waiting for football season to get right. underway." And I think that's a totally what they're doing. They're, they're they keep saying that they're waiting for these court transcripts, even though he could go down and get it uh, to wait for him. It takes you months, as Quintus Cephas' lawyer said yesterday in their press conference. They're waiting. They're playing the it's the it's the slow play, Joe, when it comes to their answer because they want football to get underway. So Cephas won't be able to play. People, more people, maybe will forget about it. But can you imagine? If they do hand down their decision, and I think they're going to say no. I feel like they're going to say no. I feel like it's trending that way. What's going to happen the first home game? Oh, you and I were just talking about that. You know, or go even one further. The Michigan game is going to be on national stage. It's on Fox National. It's 11 in the morning. If Wisconsin does what they're supposed to do and beat South Florida and Central Michigan, you know, they'll come into that game probably ranked 10 to 15 in the country. If Michigan goes undefeated its first three games, they'll be ranked anywhere from 2 to 5. Uh, in the country, so you're going to have a potential top ten game national TV. You, who knows? You could have college game day there, yep. and yeah, you could have thousands upon thousands of protesters. Um, because yeah, if the UW if they think waiting till the season is a better move, just like they've been wrong on everything else on this, it's going to blow up in their face because now the story becomes bigger than the football. And if you're Paul Christ, you are absolutely going crazy because again, the longer this goes, that's not questions he gets to answer about South Florida. Or who's the starting quarterback? Uh, or does Jonathan Taylor uh, win the Heisman this year? Or can the offensive line have a bounce back year? Uh, or can Wisconsin, you know, win the Big Ten West again? The questions he's going to be asked about every single day is going to be Quintez Cephas. Yep. So the Wisconsin, you know, the Chancellor's office, if they think waiting is helping, 
they're they're actually making it 50 times worse because even if knows the answer, which I kind of tend to think you're right, get it out of the way now. No having if they think putting no in the middle of September during you know a season because we're all going to be obsessed and focused on the games mm-hmm. is the better play. You couldn't be more worse because then those protests instead of happening now in August. Those protests are happening on a Badger Saturday against Central Michigan or against Michigan State or against Northwestern because you have an audience of a half a million people. Oh God! And just and just think of and it's totally justified for people yeah. to come down protest. 100%. Come if if the university says no, yeah, do it. I mean, it's justified. Could you imagine though having all those people down there to tailgate and then all those people down there to protest? It's going to be an ugly it's scene. Be very but, ugly I mean, scene. You, you mix in alcohol and you know the party scene that is. It's just it's a recipe that I cannot believe the UW is not thinking about. Do you really want to invite protesters down with a half a million people getting hammered on Saturday? It, it just it's I don't know what be they're thinking about right now. Uh, all right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Have the Bucks scheduled for me? I want to get to that. Coming up here momentarily. Uh, Conrad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hey, good morning, boys. So let's just jump about 30,000 feet and look down on this, and I need some help. Okay, so here's the deal. You got a code of conduct that has been said that this is we got to follow that, not necessarily the law. Okay, so now Correct. If, if we want to, like, really, you know, push this in Quintez Cephas' direction – what is going good for him is he had a whole bunch of player support yesterday, and that was like that right there. I think that rattles that rattles the the UW right there. Like, oh gosh, he's got student body behind him. So now, well, the team we, Conrad also the team set, wrote a bunch of letters to the chancellor to say that he should be back in as well. Exactly. So now, what we've got to do is I want to know the code of conduct, and if we can go down just like the Ten Commandments, just all the way down the line, which one did he break? All the way down, dune, 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 all the way down. And if we can, if we can prove his innocence on that, or what do they got against him on the code of conduct? We need to know, and that's what we need to be talking about right now. Because if if that gets out into the airwaves that he is not at fault on these code of conducts, and just like I mean, if he's just like every other player, then I mean, would I be willing? Would I be proud of my UW Badgers if they all said, "Hey"? If he's guilty, I'm guilty, and I'm not playing. I'd be a proud. I don't care. I'd be willing. I'm an American, and I want freedom. And that that's what these these big universities need to get it thrown right at him. What happens then? And now, are those players really willing to do that? I doubt it. But it'd be pretty awesome if they were willing to say, "Hey, I broke that law, broke that code conduct just as much." But I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't. I don't have yeah. the rule book in front of me. Help me out, boys. Well, they ha- Conrad. Conrad. Yeah. Let's see, Thank buddy. You, Conrad. They haven't even released what the what code of conduct he Correct. broke. Yeah. They haven't released it. They're using that's. Well, this is the reason why he's suspended because right. he broke the code of conduct. But they won't tell you what he broke. Yeah. No. It, uh, Conrad. I hear what you're saying. Uh, we'll get a lot more. Again, the guy that's been uh, at this since day one is our sports director Zach Halperin. Um, he's been in constant contact with uh, Cephas's lawyers. He's down at, at, at practice um, every day. He knows he's going to join us in one hour at 820. So we'll get, uh, Conrad, a lot more of those answers uh, coming up uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. All right, again, you want to weigh in on it, 608-321-1670. So the, the NFL, Ebo, makes the schedule release like it's almost like a game on the schedule, right? 
They, they promote it for days, weeks in advance. You have NFL Network specials. You have, like, the whole Twitter thing where, where games are being leaked and people are speculating. You know, they'll, they'll throw you a little nugget of a team that may be playing one of the London games. Or they'll throw you a little clue of, you know, who may be the Thanksgiving games. And, you know, like with, with Packers-Bears, because it's always, you know, the, the defending Super Bowl champ. Uh, opens up the season on Thursday night, but they threw that little nugget out before the schedule that it was going to be Packers-Bears. The NFL uh, does it right when it comes to the schedule as far as getting the maximum exposure out of it. Apparently, the Major League Baseball and NBA schedule makers <laughs> don't feel the same way because they released their – even though one season starts in October and one season starts in March, right? they released their schedule on the same day within about 20 minutes of one another. So I have no idea what Major League Baseball and the NBA are doing as far as their schedule. Again, I get it. You have 82 and 162 games versus 16. So maybe they don't view the schedule being released as big of a deal as the NFL does. That being said, it is still the final piece of both puzzles. Now, the Brewers are still in the middle of this season. So I'll let this season, Ebo, play out before I start worrying about next season. The Bucks. Uh, are done with their last season, and obviously free agency is now done. Um, you know, the draft is done. Uh, selling and buying free agents is done. So we know what the Buck roster is. The only thing we didn't know was the schedule. We know that yesterday, and again, 82 games, there's not a lot you can derive from a schedule. To me, it's more of the finality of, you know, the off season. and now we start. You know, if you are wondering, we talked about it, pretty cool opening game. Uh, on October really cool. 24th at Houston, you know, with Westbrook and, and Harden back together. How will that thing work? Um, and then obviously you have, you know, Giannis. You have the you have the last three MVPs. That's pretty cool, that man. That's really cool. With with Westbrook, Harden, Giannis. That is amazing. When, uh, there's ever been an NBA game played where the last three MVPs. Yeah, that'd be a good stat. Really uh, you come home to play the Heat. You know, that's Jimmy Butler and the new look Heat. I still don't think they're a very good team. Obviously, Cleveland is atrocious. You play them. Play an interesting national TV game against Boston. Uh, you're home against Orlando. They're trash. Um, <laughs> you play Toronto. Now, that obviously the rematch of the Eastern Isn't Conference even going to be a rematch. But, I mean, I know it yeah, is, but. It's it's no Kawhi. Who's it's, even there? Exactly. Van Toronto, Fleet? Toronto's been gutted. Um, the next big Probably? game I would circle would be November 6th. Uh, it's a Friday, a Wednesday night game, the national late game against the Clippers. Obviously, They're that's, be good. I mean, that will be a very cool game yeah. to watch with, with Paul George. It'll be a finals and, preview. And Kawhi. And then you get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of it. We found out the other day that, yeah, obviously, they're playing on Christmas Day again. Um, yeah, that's a bummer they're not in Milwaukee. Oh, by the way, that's the third straight year now the Bucks have made Christmas Day. Three years in a row they've been the yeah, They should be team. at home in Milwaukee, man. E- exactly. That's nonsense. Um, so that's the schedule. But well, again, check this out. Dude, what if I told you, remember when they won 15 games? That wasn't that long. It was 2013, 14 uh, season. Yeah, yeah. Giannis's rookie year. But so, if I were to tell you back then that the Bucks would have four games on ABC, ten games on ESPN, <laughs> ten games on TNT, and ten games on NBA TV, oh you would say I'm I'm crazy. Crazy. The Bucks have over 40 percent of their games nationally televised. That's almost half of their games. In what universe are we living where the Bucks almost have half their games nationally televised? That's a universe that I want to live in, Joe. This is my multiverse. Um, Welcome to my multiverse. I like it. No, that's a very good call. I didn't even uh, realize that. The other thing on the schedule, and then I want to talk more about the Bucks, as far as their standing in the East. You know, the, the big story in the East, obviously, besides Kawhi leaving, was who came in. 
with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Now, Kevin Durant obviously injured. A lot of people think, Ebo, he could be back by the end of the regular season or, or the playoffs. The reason I bring it up, the Bucks, two of their final four games are against the Nets. They play home and home. They're fourth the last game and then their last game. And they do a home and home with Toronto on a Wednesday and Friday. Hmm. They play on, on uh, April 1st in, in Milwaukee and then on April 3rd or Friday in Toronto. So four of their last six. And then they play the 76ers and the Celtics. So the last six games that Milwaukee plays, the Raptors twice, the Celtics, the 76ers, and the Nets twice. Damn. Um, if the Bucks are going to be one of the best teams or the best team in the East again, talk about the NBA. And if you think those teams are going to be good, like if Durant comes back, if Boston can still be good without Kyrie, if Toronto can still be good without uh, Kawhi, I think everybody thinks Philadelphia maybe is the best team in the East now outside of Milwaukee with what they did. Think about the finish. Obviously, the NBA, and here's the one thing I want to get is, obviously the NBA thinks the Bucks are going to be good this year. Yep. Because you don't do, you, you know, it's not like they're playing Cleveland and the Wizards <laughs> and the Pistons the to magic. end the season. They're playing the Raptors twice, the Nets twice, the 76ers, and the Celtics. And think of all the love. That, I mean, that's such a compliment for the And as you said, Bucks. yeah, what, 35 primetime TV so, games? And uh, for those TNT games, the Bucks. let's see here. Uh, that game is one of 10 TNT games for the Bucks this season. Milwaukee is one of seven teams with 10 or more games on TNT. The love that the small market yeah. Milwaukee Bucks are getting because – I mean, why wouldn't you have the honest in the Kumbo? You have the MVP in your team. Who, by the way, I don't know if you saw yesterday. He was throwing down some sick dunks for Greek uh, Greece against Iran. They were just hammering him. Iran's not really good at basketball, by the way. But Giannis was throwing down just these vicious, sick dunks. He's already looking awesome. And uh, his brother's on that Greek team, too, that are just killing it. So the, the fact that you get all this national love for the Milwaukee Bucks, you get the love in the schedule like that. I just wish Christmas Day was at home. But, you know, whatever. You, get, you can't look a gift horse in the mouth here. The Bucks are on the national radar, and it is so good to talk about and it's so good just to experience as a fan. Because remember when we just bitch and complain about the Bucks not getting any love? Now some people could say we're getting too much love. Right. I wouldn't say that, but well, I mean, some people I, I do want to get into it. I know we're up against it. I want to talk a lot more on this. You know, are the Bucks like this year's – is this Badger football from last year? Is this the Brewers from this year? 608-321-1670. Steve, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hey, guys, Cephas thing isn't about him breaking a code of conduct. I read on Channel 3000 yesterday. I was reading – they had the article about it, and there was all these comments afterwards – so many people think, you know, he may not be criminally, criminally guilty, but he's guilty. Even though this chick sends him heart emojis for her jewel, whatever. They think he did something yeah. wrong, and I really think that's how so many of the university people feel. And that's why they don't want to yeah, let him in. It's such a strange thing, Steve. Huh? It's like you have a guy that's not guilty. You have a guy that's not guilty. Found him, yeah. you know, they took less than forty-five minutes in this court case. But you have the public opinion of some that are dictating that he's not allowed to come back in, even though he was not guilty. It's such a bizarre, strange story. But you know what? That's some. I, I'll bet you this is a really hard one for them because yes. they are a very oh, politically the, the optics stuff. of it. Exactly. When you have yourself, when you have yourself like that in a, in like in the Me Too movement kind of thing, but you're also trying to back minorities, and then all of a sudden you got a minority that was essentially proven not guilty. It was it was false accusations. 
they are it, it, they're painted in a really bad light right now, trying to figure out what to do with their and, how they align themselves. In forty five minutes, I mean that's got to be like a record for something like this. Forty five well, minutes. Yeah, and Steve, Steve, I've said this. I, uh, thanks for the call, brother. I've said this many times, Ebo, uh, that I was a f- jury foreman for it was like a drug case from a couple years ago, and we were it was a two day trial, and I'm not kidding you. The amount of time it took us to get the, you know, because once the, you know, it was like a two day, it was like a day and a half of like court. And then they settled on the second day. So actually we got there for our second day or would have been our first day of jury deliberations. And they never even went to the jury because both case, both sides had settled. But Steve, to your point, I'm not kidding you. When, when, when they said, all right, the jury, it's to you. When we got into a conference room down at the, the Dane County Courthouse and the bailiff comes in and, you know, he gives you the instructions and you get around this big, like, long conference table and you either, like, just spit out who's the foreman or who, how do you want to do it. That took more than an hour before we ever even discussed the case. And then by that point, they came in and said, hey, good news. Both sides have settled. You guys, you're, you know, we thank you for your service. So we never even, you know, deliberated as a jury. But, Steve, to your point, it took Ebo more than an hour just to sit down and be lectured and educated by the bailiff on how being on a jury and deliberating a, a, a verdict takes place. These people did it in 45 minutes. I can't even, when I did it, and, you know, not that drug possession isn't a serious ch- charge, but we're talking like rape and sexual assault. For it to be decided in 45 minutes, it, I, I, I like can't even comprehend it right? as someone who was on a jury and bureaucracy and procedure stuff you have to go through before you can even discuss, you know, guilty or not guilty. Yeah. So every one of those people had their mind made up when they walked into that room. Done. That this is innocent. a waste of time. Of course, not this guilty. Kid's innocent. Yeah. The optics of this are very, very strange because, well, I mean, what is Madison? Let's be honest. What is Madison? Very progressive slash liberal slash forward thinking, however you want to spin it down. What is what what when they go out there what are they backing they're backing the voice it's the me too movement and it's also where we are a voice and fighting for minorities as well yeah you can't what do you win, have right you're, here you're going to you can't win this one and i get it the uw can't win this one uh, if they let him back in they're going to offend some people if they expel him you have a good. man who is found not guilty right. by a jury of his peers in by the way all white on the jury from Dane county a not guilty of his peers in 45 oh. minutes, which you, I mean, which is insane That's that you the get part that I can't quick. Get past. That's and, the part I can't get past. And you have a university, you know, that people align themselves with certain ideology. Well, half of the ideology is there if you're trying to back a minority. But now you have someone that, a university that says they do one thing, but now is doing another. Hypocritical much? Yeah, it's, it's insane. It's a it's a, I, again, I the more you talk about it, almost the more confusing it gets. Six, oh, eight, three, two, one, sixteen, seventy. Zach, welcome to the Joe and Ebo show. What's going on, guys? So the, the Cephas thing makes me really upset. There, there was a movie that was just released on Friday called Brian Banks. You guys hear this movie? I did about the, this was a crazy. That's a true story. The, the athlete who got accused and spent years in prison and came back and actually played again. Well, no, he didn't play again. His life was ruined because of this girl who accused him of sexual misconduct. He was found guilty, had to go to prison, lost his scholarship offers, lost his potential to play in the NFL, and then 10 years later she comes out and says, yeah, he, he didn't actually rape me. 
So that's the other side of the story. If he was con- if he was found guilty, and then a couple of years later, after he's been sitting in jail, comes out and says, "Nah, it was mutual. It wasn't really a. It wasn't really misconduct." Then what? Now, I, if you look at at the side from the, of the university. I mean, you have to look at that. You have to say, okay, you know what? We have to give this guy another shot because, I mean, a year of his life has already been ruined because of this girl. Not only on the football yeah. field, but academically. And that's the thing that that should really be taken into consideration. If Wisconsin yeah. doesn't let him in, I am sure any Big Ten school will be like, you know what? We'll bring you on. Because he's a, not only is a really good football player, he's a he's a really good student, and that's the thing that really yeah. that really makes me upset. Well, and and yep, and it's a great point. Thank you, Thanks, Zach. Zach. Uh, we gotta get, gotta run. And that and you know, I I know sometimes Ebo, we, we tongue in cheek, we we joke and we laugh when we think of student athletes, especially uh, in big time college football and basketball, but. There are some that are student athletes and people, and maybe you know his lawyers have done a really good job on most things. I would even highlight that the guy is like like an like an all academic. I mean, he's a really smart student. So we think about the football side of it. Well, what if he didn't want to play professional football, or what if he suffered an injury, or what if he's like some you know genius scientist or engineer, and he's one of the one of the kids that he's a student athlete. But he wants to, you know, he wants to get a degree and go on to be a doctor or a lawyer. To Zach's point, it's not just about the football. It's about his ability to get a, a degree mm-hmm. from, yes, Wisconsin is a very good institution. It is. I can tell you, I have a daughter who wants to go here. The stuff she's going through to get in, you got to be about perfect academically to get in here. So the, we haven't even scratched the, what does it mean academically? On his well, I think they, I think his lawyer and Quintez were making that really clear too. And you know the their press conference yesterday saying that first and foremost he wants to be back in school. That's what he wants first: schooling, college, and then with it comes the football side. Now, obviously, he wants to be on the team. Why else? You know, the whole football team is there supporting him. You have Paul Chris talking about it publicly that they want him back on the team. You have the vocal majority of people saying that this is. I have yet to see someone that say that they shouldn't be back in, by the way. Right. Have you? I, have, no. I haven't. I'm sure I can dig in the internet hard enough because there's always dummies out there. But you have everyone saying of how this is an injustice to Quintes Cephas. But you have the University of Wisconsin saying, well, we're waiting on court transcripts. He's found not guilty right. in 45 minutes. Yeah. Let's do the I, right thing. I, I'm completely with you, man. Again, if this was a hung jury or a mistrial or, um, you know, they appealed and it was, you know, uh, we're going to settle out of court. If this is, you know, you see this all the time with court proceedings where it's just the minutia of getting lost in the system. If it was one of those, I get it. I get the UWS to protect its interest. This is not that case. This was about as cut and dry of a verdict as you can have. If this was one where both sides pled out and there was appeals and there was refilings and there was motions and it was a, a, a trial that lasted weeks, months, I get it. It's ugly. You don't want to drag the university. You don't want to drag the football program through the mud, whether he's guilty or not. This was not one of those cases. It was 45 minutes. The 12 jurors got into a room. They looked at each other and they said, really? Is this even worth discussing? Everybody looked around and said, no, not guilty. Peace out. It's about as obvious a cut-and-dry verdict as I can think there's ever been in the history of a court proceeding. 
right, we'll uh, get the latest on this Quintus Seabest story with our sports director, Zach Halpern, coming up here in just a moment. 608-321-1670. John, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hey, I just have a comment about uh, the university. I'm just kind of left uh, scratching my head here. Um, I don't know if you yeah. remember going back uh, 10 years ago or so. This is the same university that had to Photoshop a person of color onto the cover of a student handbook at a football game because they didn't have enough uh, colored people in the crowd. So this university has a golden opportunity to do the right thing and uh, do justice for, uh, for Quintet Cephas. I mean, I, honestly, on the side, I could care less about football, but when you look at this from the outside looking in, I mean, they have an opportunity to do the right thing, and uh, um, I just wonder what this university stands for. I'll just hang up and just listen to the response. Yeah, Thanks. good point, John. Thank good you, John. Point. We've said this many times. I mean, Madison, you know, sometimes you roll your eyes, sometimes it drives you crazy, but it is what it is. It it, it embraces, you know, a progressive type, you know, liberal type, open to ideas. The University of Wisconsin, you know, very eclectic, you know, melting pot of different, you know, minorities. Oh and I forgot about that, it, dude. I just I just Googled it. Yeah. That is not a good Photoshop look there. Yikes. Well, to, I mean, look, for, you know, we, you know, for as, as liberal and progressive as, uh, yeah, I got it. It's it's a bad look. Um, as Madison is, it goes against John, what you said, it goes against everything that you would think this university would want to promote itself as. All right. We welcome in our sports director, Zach Heilpern, who's uh, been on this story since day one. Here's my biggest question, Zach, after yesterday's press conference with Cephas and the Lars, because this is what the UW, I guess, is is banking this decision on is the code of conduct and that even though he's found not guilty in the court of, you know, the legal system, he may be guilty as far as breaking an infraction of the code of conduct. Do we know what the code of conduct is and what the code of conduct that Quintus Cephas may have broken that is preventing him from getting accepted back into the University of Wisconsin? Yes, the non-academic misconduct code and um, the actual violation, we don't know. It was never made public. There's a list of about 19 things on that uh, that misconduct code. It has never been released, never made public uh, exactly what it is, and no one's talking about what it is. I think we can make a pretty good, uh, I don't want to say a guess, but I think we can point to um, the idea of sexual assault and... um, and the reasoning for it, the, the reason I say that is because the lawyers are saying, um, you know, look at certain exhibits, and that's all you need to know to overturn what the expulsion was for. Even them, them not saying what it was for, um, they suggest to look at the, the certain exhibits. And those exhibits at the point, too, I believe, are videos that, that show the women not, uh, what they believe to be not intoxicated, what the jury believed, uh, apparently, to be uh, the, the girls not intoxicated, uh, to the point that they said that they were so i you know and then obviously the texts that were not always not all of them were allowed into the court um i think that's other evidence that uh they probably would wish that uh the university would look at but uh, again the university I mean, if you think about it just in general not even just this case but in general government doesn't move fast universities don't move fast they took a while they took four months with uh, to review the case the first time before expelling them um, obviously there were some delays because of his um the, the lawsuit and really his inability to participate in it because of his criminal case. And I think there's, I think that was kind of unfair, but um, yeah, we don't know exactly the reason for the expulsion. 
Zach, let me ask you. Yesterday, you were at the press conference when you know Quintus Cephas and his lawyers were there. What was the vibe like from his teammates there to support him? Were they all, you know, I know you were talking to them, or they had a little, you know, session afterwards talking to the media. What was what were they talking about of Quintus Cephas and you know back on the team? Well, I mean, it's it's pretty well laid out. I think in the letter that they sent. I mean, there was I counted uh, I counted seventeen. Uh, our our friend Jesse Temple, I think, had it at eighteen. But either way, those were not just the eighteen that that supported him. It was the 18 that were there. Um, there were seven guys that sent that letter to uh, the chancellor, Rebecca Blank. Uh, they wanted to meet with her. Um, they asked Paul Chris to set it up uh, face-to-face. Uh, she was apparently at the time or is currently in Hawaii, so she was unable to do it, and that was the reason why the letter had to be sent. But I think the letter lays out pretty exactly what they, what they feel and how they feel about it. It's not just about football. It's about a guy who's been through a heck of a lot the last few years, some of it, uh, you know, obviously completely out of his control, and um, they, they feel it's unfair. They feel some, what's happened to him is unfair, and they want the, the university to make it right. But I, I think the, the timing aspect of it and why, you know, UW's going to take their time with it is uh, because there are policies in place, and, you know, some might consider those excuses. I might be one of those, but... Um, you know, there's there's nothing that says they have to speed this up just to get him ready for football. You know, just to make him available for football. Uh, visiting with even our if, sports director Zach Calpern. You know, the, the other thing, Zach. Yeah, no, I hear you. The other thing that's that's kind of jumped out at me during this process for last week. You know, we talked about it last week with with uh, that I was kind of stunned at the comments Paul Chris made, and then yesterday with the show support and and the letter from the teammates, which obviously I'm sure, you know, the, the Jack Cones and the Jonathan Taylors went to Paul Chris. They didn't just do this in a vacuum and they said, hey, you know, can can we attend this press conference? Are you cool with us sending this letter? Can you set up this meeting? Which basically tell, tells me that the football team, uh, head coach included, and maybe even the athletic department, because I'm sure the athletic director, Barry Alvarez, is certainly in tune in this. The athletic department is basically saying to the UW, you know, we're drawing our line. You know where we stand. You know, we want him back. We're not gonna, we're not gonna hide behind the well. This is a legal matter. We can't comment. I mean, they are very out in front to have current players at this press conference. I mean, kind of stunning to me to say that the, the the athletic department is basically saying, look. We here's where we stand, University. Now the ball's in your court. How surprised are you by that? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think they were happy with the process from the start uh, because the alleged incident happened in April, uh, and the charges weren't filed until August. And that is a significant, significant uh, a gap between uh, between the, the alleged incident that he's now been uh, uh, found not guilty of and the charges being filed in August. So I don't think they were happy with that. Uh, obviously not happy with the expulsion because uh, he wasn't able to uh, give his two cents because of the current uh, the criminal trial and and now this um, you know the UW, I will say this uh, I reached out because I was kind of surprised that current players are going to be there I reached out to the football program and I did not hear back from them uh, to on, on a comment whether or not they were in support of it I don't know you can take their no comment one however you would like um, but I think it's pretty clear that they fully support their their guys in terms of talking about it in terms of sending out social media and said uh, you know obviously paul chris talking about it uh, the receivers coach ted gilmore uh, was at and now he he has uh, obviously quintus his father was killed um in april of uh, 28 uh, 20, 2017 and um yeah. ted gilmore took on a bit of a father role you know in, in helping quintus through that situation and he was at uh, I believe that he was the only coach at a uh, non 
or after the uh, not guilty verdict, he was at there that, that post verdict. I guess you would call it a celebration at a bar. So he's he's continued to show support. I mean, that support is not a problem for him, and it, it, it hasn't been throughout this entire process. And it's one reason why he's so willing to uh, and wanting to come back. You know, Ebo said this earlier, Zach, and I completely agree that if you know if, if the the chancellor's office is trying to wait this out or slow play it, you know, to diffuse it or let it linger into the season, and then you know it won't be as as big of a hot button topic as it is in the off season. I think that's absolutely the most terrible strategy you know think about september 7th Mm-mm. or september 21st when when there's a half a million people down there drinking and partying and if you want to throw into the mix of people protesting whether you're for or against if is coming back i mean to have this thing lingered i don't know why the university would not want to get this done asap the longer this lingers and if they're thinking of letting it go into this season makes it worse i think it'll be an unmitigated disaster if we're down there on september 7th yes. or september 21st and you have a national tv audience for wisconsin michigan and you have you know a host of people protesting with signs for or against this kid getting back into school. It's just an absolutely awful look that I cannot believe they'd be willing to take that risk. Yeah, I mean, I think when the semester starts is when I think we could see some action from Sivas' side because at that point he's not going to be able to get back into school until at least um, December. And so you, that, that process will will continue on. I mean, you could readmit him, but it's still, it's still going to be there. And people are saying – well, you know, you, he, he's, he's already had to sit out a year for something that he has been found not guilty of. And now you're saying that he has to be, um, he has to sit out a whole nother year. That's not fair. And so, yeah, you're going to have, it, it's, look, the national media that will um, jump on the story if, if and when uh, he is either uh, not, if he's not admitted, it is going to uh, blow away yeah. the outrage of him being readmitted. Um, I think the being readmitted would be a local story. Not being admitted after being found not guilty will be a national story. And um, I think. It well, I already see Sports Illustrated tweeting about it. I've seen the big. I've seen a bunch of big national media outlets already tweeting about it and talking about it. So it's 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 going to happen once they say yeah. no. Which I, that's my gut feeling right now. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, my gut feeling is not. I I, I think that eventually. They're slow playing it. Uh, they're they're taking their time with it, but that's, that's honestly that's just bureaucracy in general. Uh, things take a while, and you, I don't. I certainly thought the two days wasn't going to happen. I didn't think a week was going to happen. I think we all believe that it should happen right away, but there's more that goes into it than just um, you know. Yes, you're back in. They, they do need to. They do need to do their due diligence on it, and that takes a while. Um, as, as unfair as we all believe that to be, so I. I guess my gut feeling would be that he does get readmitted, but it won't be in time for this season, and um, it would potentially be for next year. And at that point, maybe he does transfer. I, I know his, his lawyer didn't want to talk about the future yesterday, but he did say, you know, without being readmitted, he's not academically eligible anywhere. And so that, that could be a problem uh, for him. I mean, he may end up, you know, maybe going to a community school. To, I guess that would be a possibility, but. Again, um, without getting readmitted to UW, it kind of throws his future into into, into jeopardy, whether it Wisconsin or anywhere else. Yeah, I would think if he doesn't play this year, Zach, you're going to see a, a, a massive uh, lawsuit coming to the UW's way. Uh, all right, buddy, uh, great work as always. I know you're uh, in on this story uh, constantly. We will uh, we will uh, follow you along and, and, and let us know if you get any updates. Thanks, my man. All right, all right guys, thanks.
There he is. Uh, you can follow him at uh, Zach Heilprin on Twitter. He is, uh, again, he's, he's basically on speed dial with Cephas' lawyers, and he's at practice once, sometimes twice a day uh, talking Zach's to the players. Zach's killing it, so, man. Um, he's doing a hell of a job reporting on this. Oh, first beer cracks. Let me see. Oh, Take that lovely. mask off. And guess what I got in my hot little hand. That's some hot, hot come out tickets. of you. Cheers. For the game, Mallard's general manager, Tyler Isham. Cheers. All right, cheers, boys. Uh, Tyler, uh, great to see you. Thanks for the beer. Yeah, the and you're sipping on a nice little beer. coffee over there. We got yeah. our beers. Uh, all right, so step one, you were in with us in studio yesterday. Mission mm. one accomplished. You guys got the road win. How crazy. Tell me about an eight-run, eighth inning in a 1-1 tie. I'm like, bite my nails. I'm driving yeah. home from the gym. I'm like, oh, my God, we got to pull this thing out. Eight runs in the eighth inning. That was insane. Yeah, the uh, it was I mean, it was a great game um, up, up to that point. Uh, we really capitalized on – they made two errors that inning, and we, we capitalized on it. You know, you got to make the best of the opportunities that you get. And uh, we strung together a bunch of base hits. And, uh, yeah, it just seemed like – after they made those couple of errors, they were a little jumpy, and uh, and we just kept kind of pouring it on. Um, really helped preserve um, the rest of our bullpen. Uh, you know, Goditis went a full seven, and then uh, Weisert came in and got the last two innings done. So, you know, anytime you can get out of there only using two arms sets us up really well for uh, for today and uh, and the rest of the playoff run. And, and obviously now we're back, and that's why we're here tonight, 635. So a win here tonight. You guys wrap up this series. How big? Obviously you want to advance. That's the most important thing. But like you said, to save the arms, to get done today, to have a couple days of rest. I mean, how big a deal is it to win the night uh, yeah, and, and take huge. advantage of the rest of the playoffs and get some rest? Yeah, tonight's huge. Um, obviously back home is great. Um, so, you know, get the win tonight. We actually found out um, – so Traverse City and Kalamazoo are playing on the other half. If Traverse City wins tonight and sweeps, um, we'd actually go there tomorrow. And uh, mm-hmm. and we, if we win tonight, we'd play in Traverse City tomorrow. So we, wow. we wouldn't have that okay. that off day, uh, which we actually like. We just keep it rolling. Yeah, exactly. Um, when you're hot, so, you're hot. Yeah, exactly. So um, we'd, we'd head to Traverse City in the morning if, if we both win tonight, um, play there tomorrow. But right. we got business to take care of tonight. And uh, thank, we're going to give away some tickets here momentarily. Uh, all right, so what is – like what standing room only has there been and what do we know what the current attendance record is for Madison Mallard's game because my uh, my mission now is to break it tonight do we know what the current six, attendance record at Warner Park is six well over or 10 the Madison Mallard. yeah 6,750 uh, that, that, that's, that's a sellout that's what we had in here on Saturday night um it would be great to to get to get all those people out here again um, to kind of pack, like I said, pack the pond um, for the for the playoff tonight. So, what? Give us the little life of uh, GM Tyler Isham when the Mallards are on the road and you know they're coming home and playoff baseball. Like you didn't know at the set time until what Sunday until night? Sunday night at. 8 what do you do to get ready for playoff baseball at the Duck Pond? Yeah, it's crazy. You, you kind of have to flip everything. You know, like R- Rapids found out. You know that they were that they were in Sunday night and they were hosting a home game last night. Um, so the biggest thing is just letting people know about it, which is you know what we're doing today and what we did yesterday. Uh, you, but you gotta you gotta prep for every scenario. So you've got you know five different graphics made. You've got five <laughs> different like mass emails ready to go out, yeah. depending on what happens and where we're gonna play and what day it's gonna be. Um, and you gotta all have to be prepared. And then when those scenarios play out, like you know tonight, one of four different scenarios might play out uh you know we could be going to traverse city we could be sitting here waiting to see what happens there we could be going back to rapids so we have to be ready for 
kind of all those things because these playoffs go it's day by day. What do you? What's a where we're going? What's a typical day like working at the ballpark for you? Um, like how many hours do you put in a day? Yeah, we get here at eight thirty, and um, I'm here till a couple hours after the game's over. So if we've Damn. got six thirty, dude, game, Ka- here, here's your employee of the month. We yeah, got Cassidy beat me here. Cassidy's sleeping in her office when yep. we got here at five thirty. <laughs> I know that, that is dedication. Yep, yep, yep. love um, that girl. Yeah, we, we were up in Rapids last night. I think the bus rolled in here around 1.30 um, when, when we got back. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think she went home and took a nap for a couple hours and then met you guys down here. Um, Love it. But uh, So how rewarding is it? Like, you work – like, your summers, that's – yeah, it's gone. I don't think your family knows your name by the end of the summer. <laughs> it's close. To so it. when your summer is coming to an end here, but you see all your hard work paying off and the team paying off, you get to the playoffs. How rewarding is that for you guys? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, the going on playoff runs and winning. We've won one championship in my time here. There's nothing better. Um, you know, the last couple times we made the playoffs, we've we've kind of gone out on some rough losses, yeah. and rough games and stuff. So we're excited to make a run. We're taking it day by day. That's all you can really do. You can't Perfect GM speak right there, day by day. And uh, you know, we're we're on to we're on to the next next day. We're yeah. on to the next day. Uh, you related to Bill Belichick? That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, Tyler, all right. That's that, a nice thing. And that's all that's all you can really do though, because yep. you know you you, know, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, and uh, so it's just focusing on the the present moment and trying to get it done tonight. And if that happens, then we'll see where that lands us for tomorrow. You must so. have been hanging off Donnie Scott a bunch after that What's little, that? That oh, little yeah. speech there. Yeah. Day yeah. by day. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Let uh, it come Mallard's, to us. Mallard's general manager, Tyler Eichner, joining us. And as you told us yesterday, uh, so my goal is to get this thing filled, uh, and it's going to be pretty easy to do because uh, that $15 special, let me see if I got it, cheese curds, beer, brat, hat, game ticket. Did I get it all? Yep. I mean that's insane, Tyler. That's fifty dollars yep. without blinking. Yep. If you go to a ballpark, yep. Fifteen dollars, not fifteen. 50. One five. Wisco special at checkout. Um, for that we've got about eighty of those tickets left. Wow. Close to selling out the Wisconsin special. Yeah. So that's crazy, I love it. Man. And what you know, deal. before I let you go, I mean, we'll give some of these tickets away. You know, people, you know, don't realize this. We think about all time sports, but this is a business. You guys do derive paychecks and income from this. How big a deal? is play up, you know, to have an extra game or games for you as an organization, for the community, you know, the, the bars, the restaurants, the gas stations around here, this side of town, how big a deal is it to have extra games? Yeah, it's great. I mean, well, last year we were fortunate enough. We knew we, when we were playing a home game, it gives us a whole, you know, it gave us two extra months to try to sell out that game and put a lot of people in here. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's big. I mean, we've got the potential – now too to be home Thursday, potentially home Friday. We open up the duck blind Friday night if, if, we, get, if we get to that point for the championship game, and um, you know it. it I it, want it. it can make a big difference. Um, you know, both business wise and on on the field too. I mean, yeah. winning a championship, there's nothing better uh, than doing that. Well, Don, so good for the community. Donnie said, Donnie says there's no better feeling in, in the world than a dog pile. Uh, after, I like after, what if you're the guy in the bottom though what if you're the guy doesn't matter it doesn't matter where you are in the dog pile you and and you don't get that many opportunities That's in your true. life to be able to do it. i've never been i never had well how cool for the community too because you guys average what six how much yeah just over six thousand a night and yeah. that's in the, the community to come out to support you guys like you are and then to deliver you know in the playoff run hopefully a championship it's just incredible man yeah yeah, 2013 great. was the last one, correct? 2013, yep. Well, um, I mean, this is how I always train to do public address announcing on all my different stops. I, I drink beer starting at 8 in the morning, so <laughs> I will be ready to go. Tyler Isham at 635. Thank you for the beer. Yeah, thank, thank you, for the you so much. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a, uh, a series sweep tonight, my friend. Yep, um, that's the goal. Um, obviously, that's the mentality coming in, and we're going to go out and, and see if we can get it done. All right, uh, there it is. Give us that code again one more time. Wisco, Wisco Special. Wisco Special. Wisco Special. Go to MallardsBaseball.com. $15. Mm. 
Game ticket, brought beer, cheese curds, ball cap. That is pretty sweet. All right, thank you, my man. Big shout out to my man, Tyler Isham. Yeah, 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 Breakfast, yeah. Breakfast, beers, and tickets. And again, no, uh, Ebo, social, cheers. Uh, cheers to that cheers, one. Cheers. Uh, we are playing uh, Joe and Evo Scavenger Hunt today at the ballpark. If you can come find us, uh, we have got a it's set not of hard, tickets. By the way. Yeah, it's really not that hard. Uh, we are at Warner Park just inside the front gates, which are open. If you can find us, the first uh, three people that get here uh, are going to get a pair of tickets to the game tonight. We are uh, hoping, I'm challenging. 6,750 Maya Patel. That is a sellout. The voice of the Mallards joins us. All right, I obviously want to talk to you about what's going on here, but first things first, you're a University of Georgia alum. Correct. Or soon-to-be alum. You're going to be a senior year. I'm a University of Wisconsin alum. The Princeton Review just released the top 20 party schools. Uh Wisconsin, Georgia, both taking a huge tumble. Yeah. What the hell is going on down in Athens? We have our own set of problems here in Madison. Is it you leave for the summer? And, and the partying goes tanks. out the window. What the hell's going on in Georgia? That must be what it is. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll have to check it out when I get back there in a couple of weeks and figure out what the deal is. But uh, I saw that. I was looking at it. And I know a couple of weeks ago there was another review that was doing best college towns. And Madison and Athens were up there near the top of the list. But here's my little gripe with it. I get that Madison is awesome. And I haven't experienced a Badger game day. So I can't yeah. kind of fully know what to expect. But it's such a big city. I don't get that town yeah. feel. But everyone tells me that on a game it, day. College, hey. So, hey, let me ask you this. Yep. College game day, by the way, is awesome. Sure. You, if you uh, want to play hooky for Georgia, you, yeah. you can come stay in my basement or something. But So you were saying that classes for you start. This is insane. Tomorrow or today? Tomorrow. I've got Spanish tomorrow. 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 You, have, yeah. you have class starting tomorrow, but obviously you're here in Madison right. covering the Mallards in the playoff run. So you're getting an internship credit for this, correct? Correct. And, and you in broadcasting, correct? Yep. Would your professors of broadcasting school – what would they think of two guys doing a radio show drinking beer at 9 o'clock in the morning? I think they'd be amped. They'd be happy. <laughs> That's commitment, right? Commitment right. and dedication. Uh, I've always said, Mayan, uh, take this back to you, to Athens with you. Rehab is for quitters. So All right. just remember that as you go through life. All right, so uh, we're going to close this thing out tonight. You were there last night. I was listening to the game, by the way. The eighth inning was awesome on the call. Well done. So it's 1-1 going into the eighth inning. You know, you're playing a 1-2-3, you know, home, home, home. Then you might have to go on a bus tomorrow or Thursday. Then hopefully you're back here for league championship. I mean, it's just a crazy week. What's going through your mind one one in the eighth and then the floodgates open up i'm going into it i'm thinking somebody has to win this thing it felt like at some point someone was going to break through because the pitchers were both cruising the defenses were showing out behind them a lot of guys left on base and then the rafters the top defensive team in the league after a couple of hits a couple guys get on for for us for the mallards and then uh, they botch some plays in the field and then the floodgates open and it's just a barrage of base hits after that bringing in the runs and then once it gets to be five six seven to one it felt like three to one would be enough yeah when it was all done nine to one you're feeling pretty good so leading up to that eighth inning what were you thinking like man pitchers duel i'm I'm in it maybe some extra innings or what do you what are you feeling yeah well both bullpens have phenomenal back ends so really good closer so i was thinking maybe you have to go to those guys and in the regular season they do the international tiebreaker rules where you start with a runner on second in extra innings but that all goes out the window in the playoffs so who knows i was thinking we might have still been there playing right now with the way it was going i mean it was insane well, well and for yeah. uh, sorry Evo, no, for, x's, for x's and o's i mean tyler said kind of the same thing when he was here 
you know, there is the business of trying to win the series yeah. and to, you know, to get your starting pitcher to go seven innings, uh, to not have to really use your bullpen for Wisconsin Rapids, who had to play right up until the 11th hour just to get into the playoffs. Got to be huge advantage for you guys tonight here back at home. Absolutely. And you mentioned the starter yesterday. It's Quinn Gennett. It's his first start in a couple of weeks. He made two appearances out of the bullpen, but his first start since July 30th, and he went the pitch limit through 101 pitches and got through seven innings, which was his best start of the summer. So not a bad time to do it, right? First game of the playoffs, you come up and uh, show out. So that was pretty cool and a big relief on the back end of the bullpen as well because now those guys are rested and can be ready to go today if they're needed because it always seems to be tight. So this season, who has really stood out head and shoulders when it comes to a Mallards player? Obviously, I think it's going to be Justice Bigsby. But if you have another option besides him, I mean, speak on him too if you want as well, but yeah, is there well, another option? Yeah, for Bigby, it's just been an accolade-filled year. He was the conference player of the year at Western Carolina, then kept it going here. Logan Michaels out of Virginia, local guy from DeForest, went to Madison College. He's done really well, finished in the top five in batting average, just a reliable guy in the lineup and then at the plate too. But then pitching-wise, I think um, Leon Davidson and Theo Denlinger, kind of the setup man and closer respectively, have just been lights out of the back end. Denlinger with 12 saves it's pretty remarkable and then Leon Davidson has 40 strikeouts and I think just six walks and has appeared more than anybody so getting to those guys in the back end of the game you know that it's pretty much in hand with the top team offense in the league so that's pretty <laughs> okay it looks excited dude, Mine, yeah, this dude, I'm like, he's like rain man over here when it comes to these guys well, we just said he's so, the best by the way Mine, you are the best we've had the best Thank mallards you. play when you just won the joan ebo award for the best mallard so, play play guy like let's i want to go down like the trip of mine patel when it comes to a summer in madison wisconsin so sure. you come up here you just rattled off names i think you could do that in your sleep <laughs> like talking about those guys probably their stats and everything how much prep work do you did you have to do coming into the season and, and do you do on a regular basis to stay up the tabs with how many days off have you had this summer? Six? Yeah, I think close to that. I mean, it, luckily it helps in that end, actually, on the prep front because I'm with these guys yeah. all the time. And so more than anything, I just get to talk. I just to want them. to know the life of a play-by-play guy for yeah. the whole summer. Well, beginning of the summer, before they got here, I got here about a week before the players, and so a lot of prep, just trying to kind of figure out who the names were more than anything mm-hmm. and who these guys were, remembering who's a pitcher, who plays where in the field, and kind of, compiling all their stats from school if they did anything notable in high school or in college before that and then once they got here just keeping up with trends throughout the season luckily there's a really cool kind of shortcut on the league website the back end of it and i can get all the split stats against lefties and righties and stuff like that so it takes out a lot of legs so more studying done at the university of georgia or at the duck pond Evo, it's georgia oh. i mean they still use crayons down there of i know yeah, <laughs> yeah man that's tough if they color inside the lines they get an a at georgia no i'm just How'd kidding you know man <laughs> hey speaking of that yeah. all right so we were talking about the the football culture which hey all no all kidding aside i mean obviously the sec is king on that but if people don't realize SEC baseball mine is pretty badass as well. You got the national champs in, in Vanderbilt. Yeah. How so? A guy who you know I'm sure did a lot of SEC football before he came here. How did your summer of the Northwoods League compare to you know say an SEC season where they're putting out you know pretty much major league talent you know week in week out year in year out? It's pretty awesome, and I think that the biggest thing for a lot of these players and myself included is just getting to do it every single day, and so reaffirming whether that's what you want to do or not. And I think for most people, it's you get kind of the shock of, oh, man, if this is what pro ball might be like, it might be kind of tough going every day or going into it and knowing that, hey, this is cool and I might be able to do it. But uh, the talent has, has been there. There's uh, lots of guys, especially in the middle of the summer when all of the big schools still have their guys here. Yeah. Guys get pulled around this time just to ending restrictions and having to get back for weight programs and whatnot. But, man, the middle of June through July, it's pretty awesome. Any given day, you could see a guy from – 
Oklahoma that there was 95 against some dude that had five home runs for Florida. So that's pretty cool. So if you want to pull the Kirk Herb Street, you know, and say, well, I can't predict the game because yeah. I'm announcing it tonight, we'll, we'll, we'll give you an out. Okay. Or you can be, you know, badass. Yeah. Give, give me the, you know, what are we seeing? I mean, do you, do you feel good about tonight? Obviously, you're probably going to take a road trip to the best team, you know, in, in Traverse City or the tomorrow Thursday. And if you can pull that off, you're probably back here on Friday. I mean, like, Will we? Let me ask you this, Mayan. Yeah. Will there be another baseball game at Warner Park this season after tonight? That doesn't mean you have to pick a league champion. Yeah. I'm just. Do you think there'll be more baseball after tonight? I think that's tough. I think that there's a very good shot that there will be more baseball. Um, getting to Traverse City is hard because they're a brand new team with the lowest pitching. He's a pro. Know, best team He's a pro. in the league, and so the uh, old adage, "Pitching is professor's listening." We're testing him. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think he's that, a pro. With uh, with the two teams facing off, there probably won't be many more blowouts, especially after yesterday. Both teams still have the chip on their shoulder. And then um, going into Traverse City, I mean, I know the guys here want it. Those team, that team's in, in their inaugural season, so they want it too. Um, Look at that. That's a perfect. Think. That's a perfect down the middle. Like More yes, but maybe, yeah. but no, like but it. yes. All right, I yeah. will say yeah. this, Mayan. You know, we we have to fight this fight all the time in Big Ten country in the football season. Yeah. You know, the SEC, whether it is a perceived media bias or just because they're that good, they get the coverage. I will say this though for you, because of you know the friendship we've had this summer. Uh, I can't stand Alabama and Saban just because they win and they're good. So yeah, I will either. now adopt Georgia to win the SEC. Obviously, Georgia, if we get to the college football Georgia. playoff, we're still going to beat your ass. But, okay. you know, I will <laughs> okay. now root for not LSU, you know, not Texas A&M, uh, you know, Alabama we're sick of seeing there. So I am, I'm all in on UGA this year. Okay. So thank you. Oh. I, I'm gonna, I, you got one, at least until right. the college football playoff. You got a cool mascot, Th- too. Then you're getting out of there. But we, we'll root for you in yeah. the SEC. Yeah, it is a cool mascot, but all right, Who's a I'm good here boy? for Who's you. A you guys might boy? be the fans that put us over the top, get us there. Uh, that's going to be pretty exciting. Well, then we're going to crush you in the national championship. Cooler dog mascot. For you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's hear it. What about Alex Hornibrook, the whole wide receiver? Oh, he's thing? a turd. Okay, all right. D-Bag of the Week So, Mike, we do a thing called D-Bag of the Week. Last Monday, I nominated him, and he won D-Bag right. of the Week. If he was a Wisconsin Badger, that would never happen. We don't do that to our own team. Yeah. But since he went to Florida State, by the way, did you see that Florida State got another transfer in who's eligible right away? Yeah. Hornybrook's going to be third on that depth chart, man, because yeah. Blackman's already going to beat him out. Hornybrook, the only completion he ever had, and it was a bad completion anyways, was landing that shade that he threw on the wide receivers. Other than that, it would have been intercepted I, anywhere my, else. I got my own fights. I got this $500 bet with him on on, on Jack Cohn versus Grammar. So I got, I got my okay. own fights. Yeah. I can't worry about uh, Hornibrook. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to ask him real quick, though. What's yeah, the, so, like, the life – this is your first time of really getting in after it and play-by-play for <laughs> three months straight, essentially. Yeah. How has it been? Oh, it's been awesome. Uh, I've, luckily, I've had a really good – team that's put a good product on the field but more than anything great guys that have been super nice and not gotten annoyed by me being there every single day yeah. saying hey why do you do this or you know why'd you pick this school and asking them just about that and then the staff here the oh. interns that i've been with have been phenomenal so i could not have been kind of a light bulb you're here. putting off i saw this because you've been a model kind of on facebook for yeah. the, the merchandise for the yeah. mallers gear i saw a very <laughs> interesting interview and a guy that oh. comes from georgia probably doesn't have much cheese outside of american cheese which you can buy anywhere it's nelson's not, favorite it's cheese, not even real cheese by the way you're in the you're in the america's dairy land america yeah. you interviewed quote-unquote wink wink the 20-pound cheese curd? Yeah. What was it like as a guy that's from Georgia to see a 20-pound hunk of cheese? When I found out that was happening, I was thinking, <laughs> okay, that's, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of cool. I didn't know what to expect. And then 
I saw it, and uh, my boss, Cassidy Sebneski, she came over and she said, hey, we're going to go interview it. Let's just see how it goes. And I actually forgot we were alive, so I totally botched it because <laughs> I forgot the questions I, were gonna a- I was going to ask this inanimate piece of cheese and uh, didn't <laughs> ever get hilarious. a response right from it. And so I was kind of sitting there twiddling my thumbs, but that was pretty you cool. You played it off it. really well. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, it's been awesome seeing that the, the beer and cheese curd culture that even when we've rebranded here and everybody's coming in with their curds, I've had some in the press box. Oh, yeah, when so, they, they were the Wisconsin cool. cheese curds, we were like, what the hell is a cheese curd? Right, yeah. Yeah. Have you had fried cheese yet? I have. I've had some here. My uh, man. I've had some here at the park. I've heard that Culver's is a good spot to do it, too. So there's one down the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You better get, the, I mean, you get better that get butter burger, burger bacon butter burger right. deluxe, everything on it. Okay. Two patties. All right. <laughs> All right, two questions before I let you go. Yep. Uh, first off, cooler uh, dog mascot, Ugga or Hank the Dog from the Brewers? Hank and, the Dog. Who, Hank the Dog, they cloned him, by the way. He's yeah. on Hank well, the Dog, Well, too. how many Uggas have there been? Like, there's a conspiracy theory that they've replaced Hank the Dog mine like four times. They have. I mean, when Ugga goes to Sugarloaf Mountain, um, you know, do they do they admit that Ugga's died, or do they try and cover it up like the Brewers do with, with Hank the Dog? No, I think they admit that Ugga's gone. I think this is the ninth or the tenth Ugga. Oh. For, you most, see, the Brewers He's like the Dalai Lama. At, right, yeah. He just keeps getting reading. Yep, that's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, and then secondly, will you take, whenever you call a foul ball again at any level, will you use the term wiener to say foul ball ever wiener. in your broadcast career? I think I'm going to have to at this point. <laughs> yesterday there was actually one hit to me, and I dropped it. No, in the press box? Yeah, yesterday. You had a couple of close well, calls? Well, I dropped one last week doing right. the PA. So. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'll be here tonight, so we got one last. Hopefully not the last. Hopefully I'll be back on Friday night for the championship game. But we got at least one tonight, Mayan. All right. I'm still working on the name change to Mayan Braun, but we'll get there. <laughs> hey, no one's ever done this job two summers in a row. I might have to talk to Stenman and Isham about a pay increase for you. We're going to bring you back the first ever repeat. Ooh, one last PA question. Announcer. Yeah. After your summer of three months at the ballpark, will you eat a hot dog again? Probably not for a while. <laughs> I, I think I'll get there at some point. Did you ever point, think you'd live on hot dogs for a summer, Mayan? Oh, man, the ballpark food has been awesome, but after a little bit. Uh, yeah, you, you want, you want like a salad out, or something. Right, yeah, but uh, luckily, luckily that part's been awesome. Hey, but I, I will say the fall off. Southern yeah. cooking's amazing, man. Yeah. You know, go out there and have some, some good Southern cooking. Hey, brother, it's been Thanks, a great man. season. Oh, we'll be Thank listening tonight, and yeah. uh, hopefully we'll talk uh, again later this week. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, there he is, uh, Mayan Patel, voice of the Mallard Six. 35 first pitch tonight and again we got those tickets Ebo